everybody this is the stronghold podcast and i'm here with fuck a fuzz yo what's up bro what's, what's up my up? man how you doing <laughs> i'm doing good man i'm doing good i'm 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 uh, um I'm, I'm looking at this gym and i'm looking at the mats and i'm like damn this is it's like it's you know they're, they're waving candy in your face but you can't fucking take it <laughs> i was like fucking i was like wow you can't do anything here except for like you know solo drills with two meter away from people so that sucks yeah, that must that must suck for someone like you that have been doing BJJ for so long and now you can't even. Well, I'm yeah. curious. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Because you're mainly a BJJ guy, I guess. Do you do Muay Thai boxing no. stuff like that as well? The okay. So I started off, uh, I think about like maybe four years ago, training Muay Thai. So I was uh, I was at Evolve and I was training Muay Thai there. And I mean, after you pass a few levels of just doing striking and stuff like that, you know. Um, I got I got interested and I, I, I like the sparring, but then you start to get hit and then you realize that okay I, if I'm getting hit this hard during sparring I don't know if I want to compete because it's gonna be like ten times harder than this, so I told myself like alright I'm never gonna compete in Muay Thai because like I, I don't want that kind of pressure on me you know because those those guys man they're tough man you know <laughs> like like yeah. you look at the Muay Thai like you look at the push kicks they take in their fucking you know sometimes on the outside I mean they they might not be feeling it because they're they're you know, it's adrenaline and stuff like that. But you looking at a push kick from outside, you going, "Fuck that!" Oh, you still feel that, that like, shit, bro. Yeah, you still like, feel that shit for I was sure. Like, Fuck, I won't be able to take that shit. Those <laughs> leg kicks, bro. Those liver yeah. shots. No, those like shin to shin ones. Mm, oh my god! Yeah, so I was nasty. like, "Nah, I'm not. I'm not doing any of that." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "No, no, that's 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 good, man." I mean. I'm too late in my life to want to get hit in the face. I'm good, you know? It's the body ones that really hurt you, bro. I'll tell you right now, after quarantine, I don't want to take those liver shots, bro. I've, no? been, I've been abusing my liver for the last three months. I don't want to take any of those body yeah. shots right now. So then I, I, I looked over at the BJJ guys and I realized that, oh, okay, there isn't any striking, but there's like... Uh, that's 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 time that's a time limit okay may, maybe if not if you're doing like um uh like like leg lock stuff but like for the armbar stuff you know there's there's time for you to like tap right there's like a little bit of time in the pain before you really get hurt so i was like all right you know that seems a little safer yeah. you know and and that seems a little bit more long term so i'll do that and like yeah. the, the head contact right that's the big one yeah it's like the direct head contact yeah. you're not really getting too much of that in bjj but. You, you know you know what scares me the most about like like you know i i would love to be consistent in bjj enough to get to like a brown belt level when i'm like 40 or 40 plus or something and and and, and be able to uh, still compete at that level too like for leisure but i'm looking at those fucking heel hooks man dude that shit is scary man oh dude it's a myth <laughs> it's a myth bro i'm telling you <laughs> Dude, I let my heel hooks white, uh, my white belts heel hook each other. Really? Yeah, man. Because my only rule, like, if the students come in to train and yeah. they want to heel hook, my only rule is if you're going to heel hook a student, they have to know what it is. Right. Right. That's my only rule. If right. they know what this is and like which way to turn and which way to not turn, yeah. as long as they know what it is, they kind of can be chill. And then, of course, you never ever crank them. And then the yeah. second rule is, if I get it and I go, I bridge a little bit and you don't tap, I let it go. I'm not gonna, uh, if you don't tap, I'm not gonna play that chicken game with uh, you where I'm like, bitch, I'm gonna break it. Like, never. Uh, right? Oh man. Like, but dude, we all do it. I've never ever seen a serious injury from a heel hook in my gym ever and I've let my white belts do it as long as I've been teaching. No, like, like, you know, when you're rolling in that intensity, right? And then you just like, sort of like, you know, you're, 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 you're gunfighting your legs, you know, like, bum, 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 
bomb and then like suddenly you get that position and you're trying to you know like you don't know like in that fit of intensity if you whatever because i know the the, the the allowance is very small right mm. before that thing snaps so like so i've i've um i haven't actually seen anybody get hurt by that in in the gym but i've uh back when i was uh, training with my friend he he experienced that with a few people and and you know they they had partial tests yeah. okay yeah and 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 that shit was scary to me so so that was like the only fear that I was thinking like okay if i mean i would love to get more advanced in this but if i get am i gonna have to face this <laughs> i don't know i i think it's honestly <laughs> dude it's more like uh, awareness yeah and and ego you know because okay. again that's why i make my rules like first is awareness you have to know what's happening because if i do a heel to you and you don't know what it is right. you might spin into it it's been uh, the wrong something like that could happen uh, right or the other thing is like i do it to you yeah. and then i'm at the point where i know maybe it will tear your acl or something like yeah. that and you don't tap should i keep going well of course uh, not no, no. so so your student has to know if i get you to that point and yeah. i'm there i gotta let it go i gotta yeah. catch and release it but i still want to train it right right or conversely never do it to people who don't know what it is right so if those you can guys, do that those those um white belt guys they 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 know when like do they understand the mechanics of that because yeah oh yeah absolutely oh, yeah oh, they'll, nice. they'll release it man i mean i've never had a i've had some t- torn acls never in uh my classes but i've had them some students competing but it was always wrestling it's never actually oh, really? doing yeah oh, okay. wrestling is where i've seen the vast majority of my students get injured hold up how, how do you tear your acl wrestling well the most co- the most uh likely way for anybody to get injured is falling body weight Oh, okay. So it's like, because there's the least amount of control when you're actually on your way to the ground usually, right? Right, So right. it'll be, you know, someone goes for a single and then they try to sprawl really hard yeah. and the knee will twist or like, yeah. I've, I've injured my own ACL doing a, a knee slice. Ah. Like my, my knee wasn't fully out, right? You know how you got to pop the yeah. knee free and then you cut yeah. the knee to the side? Yeah. So it was like a little bit in there and I turned anyway, pop! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's like, but I was, was like, I can fucking go. Competition? No, that was during training. Damn. And then, uh, but I've seen a few guys with the, the lockdown half guard. You know, mm-hmm. you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People stretching that lockdown half guard. Yeah. That, that puts a lot of pressure on the knees. That's totally yeah. fine. Even though I've seen some ACLs go from that. Again, not in my gym. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, man, we're a, you know, this, you see this area. Like, we're kind of an expat-y yeah. area. Yeah. We have competitors and all that kind of stuff. But most yeah. of the people that come here, like, they're dads and they're office yeah, workers. Yeah, they and they're guys who just want to train. And yeah. they're not going to, I'm not going to let them come in here and just fucking yeah. goon each other and shit. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know there's some mean? guys that, like, you know, straight footlocks are the, the leisure that we, that, we, that we get as white belts. You know, <laughs> like, like, we get to do the straight footlocks. And I try to, like, I try to, I try to see if I can get that every time I roll. But with some of the guys, as, as you said, if they're, like, above a certain age and they're just there once you get that position and they're like you know what i'm not even gonna fight this yeah. <laughs> just tap. and I, I i haven't even gotten it in yet but it's more of like i don't think it's worth it to fight this because something might happen yeah. <laughs> and then, well and then the other thing is like you know you, you can tap if you're just uncomfortable if someone's putting a heel look on you and you're it's all about gradual exposure it's yeah. like uh, any any phobia or any fear right. that you would ever have in your life yeah the trick to overcoming it is not to go directly and face it it's to gradually expose yourself to it a little bit at a time of course. right yeah, yeah so yeah. if you're a person who wants to train heel hooks but you're kind of sketch on it and like you love your acls and everything yeah, like that yeah, yeah, yeah. then the trick is to 
Train with them a little bit. Mm. Someone puts you in it, you tap early. Boom, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you tap early to it 50 times, your uh, margin of error will start to grow. And you will know, like, okay, I can go a little bit longer now. I can go. Yeah. It's the same thing with, like, a, a choke, right? Yeah. First time somebody puts you in a choke, you're like, fuck, you're going to freak yeah. out. <laughs> but after you get put in it a thousand times, you're like, bitch, I'm going to go. Once I get there, my vision's blacking out. Yeah, Only yeah. then will I fucking tap oh, you. Oh, dude, you know I'm, I'm fucking saying? blacked out my last competition, man. But it was just, uh, like, the, the, the two seconds before I tapped. Yeah, but it was more of like the first, well, watching the matches back, I think when I had my first match, I, 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 I fought the whole five minutes. That was SGBJJ. Yeah, Open. SGBJJ. I think I saw Open. you there. Yeah. yeah, so I fought like the whole five minutes and I was just exhausted after that. You know, I was completely exhausted. Also because I was trying to make weight. Was that your first competition? No, that was my second okay. competition. Second. So the, the, the night before that, I, I, I was uh, maybe a, a kilo over. And I didn't know I could just sleep that shit off. Yeah. You know, I didn't know I could Three just... Three to 500 grams you'll lose in your sleep. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. I could sleep that shit off. So I went for a run, bro. So when I went for a run, the next day, I don't know if it was electrolytes or, 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 or whatever. It was like maybe a salt deficiency or I don't know what it was. But after the first match, I was so beat that the second match... Uh, I started having cramps, mm -hmm. like, you know, in, in my calves and stuff like that. And I couldn't, I put the guy in my half guard and then I was like, yeah, man, I can't move anything. So I was like, maybe I can keep him here, you know, and see, see what I can work for uh, here. But like, eventually he got out because, you know, my legs weren't working. But that was, yeah, that was, that was scary because like, you know, when you get into that competition too, because, because he got my back after that. And then he had that collar choke thing on me, yeah. you know, and you have this confidence. You're like, I think I can last. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to play that game for too long. <laughs> you're like, I think I can last. I think I'm okay. I can breathe I here think, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'll be good, man. Like, no, this feels kind of comfortable, you know. And then you start, because it's a blood choke, right? You start, you start blacking out a little bit. And I was like, oh, shit, I might die. <laughs> and, then, and then I tapped. And then when I tapped, it was just immediately like, pew, it was like yeah. tunnel vision. You get out and you're like, oh, you shit. You lay there for a second and you're like, okay. Oh, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to the table and then the lady at the table that was taking the points was like, you know you blacked out, right? I was like, yeah, I know, but you know. But did anybody else see me black out? <laughs> <laughs> I said, did anybody else see me black out? I said, nah, nah, because we had to pay attention to you. It kind of just looked like you tapped. And I was like, all right, good, right, good. Because I don't want to like, yeah, black out. <laughs> but, well, well, I mean, the reality of the chokes is like, you know, uh, for example, I, I do uh, refereeing as well. Mm -hmm. I, of course, I res referee jiu-jitsu and stuff too, but also MMA, mm -hmm. and I've refereed uh, kickboxing and stuff like that. Right. And uh, I did when if I'm refereeing amateur MMA, mm -hmm. you always the referee goes and they talk to the fighters before, so they kind of let each other know what mm. they're looking for, mm. when to keep moving, all that kind of stuff. And I'll always say, if it's if you're in a choke, mm. I'll let you go to sleep. Oh, if you don't tap, okay, right. I'll give you the uh, the out to yeah, do that. Yeah, I'm not gonna like pull you off oh, if no, you're don't. In, right. Don't. Of course yeah, you wouldn't, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because do I'll give you the right to go to sleep. But <laughs> if somebody's putting you in a gnarly heel hook, an arm bar, and you're not tapping to it, an amateur pro, Ugh. then you have to tap. Like that's yeah. your responsibility if you're yeah. a pro. But I'm not gonna let a 20 year old amateur kid get his arm get broken. So yeah. it's like I tell them in there, this is the difference between a choke. A choke, you can go out for a second. I'm gonna pick your arm up. I'll pull it apart. You'll be fine. Yeah. But if you're a young 20 year old kid who's got an amateur fight that wants to be tough like yeah. if i see you in that bad spot and you're yeah. not going to pull it i may yeah. step in yeah. and i don't want to hear any complaints because i'm yeah. telling you now better to not get there yeah then complain oh, referee, oh, i was i could have escaped that heel hook they, they, like, were they were you rather have. <laughs> but they would rather say that yes. than say that they got caught you know it saves their little ego and shit but it's like fine i'll let you be mad at me if it means you've got a working fucking acl you know what i mean it's like hey, hey, I'll, hey, I'll, hey. I'll i'll give you that kind of thing yeah. because 
chokes are generally safer. So yeah. if you want to be a tough guy in the gym <laughs> when, during a choke, you can. Yeah. You might get a little embarrassed if you're yeah. waking up fucking staring at the ceiling. <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, if someone puts you in a joint lock, whether yeah. it's an arm, a leg, a shoulder, you have to tap early, number one. Yeah. And number two, you have to not go ape shit on it and get this fucking bridge into it and yeah. where you can hurt somebody, Dude, right? Dude, it was crazy because I've never blacked out ever in my life like that. Yeah, so when, when that happened, I, only at that moment, I was like, oh shit, this is what it feels like. It's like, damn. You know, because it really was tunnel vision, man. It was yeah. real tunnel vision. The edges come in. Yeah. And you that get guy, numb. You get this weird, like, vibration yeah. kind of sense, and right? And that's the weird thing, too. He berimboloed into my back. It wasn't like a normal white belt taking a bat. Like, he knew some other stuff. He probably was. So, you know, this is probably really close to his blue or something. You know, so I guess he he um uh, he burned bullet to my back. So like that was I didn't even see that move coming. <laughs> you know, yeah. I didn't even see that. So so yeah, he he was he was he was definitely the better the, the better opponent. But it was just at that moment of time because the ref came to me and said like, "Are you okay?" When I was d- deep into that college joke, and I went, yeah, oh, oh, I went like, yeah, I'm good, because I really thought that yeah, I'll survive this, you know, I won't tap, you know, in the moment five minutes, uh, it was okay, you know, but nah. <laughs> Dude, one of the most relatable jujitsu moments, especially competitor moments, that anybody can say is, "Are you all right?" <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Fucking going. Everybody knows, like, I think I'm good here. And then <laughs> they fucking shoulders slump and they're out. And then somebody's holding your fucking legs. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so fun, man. Like, like the I've competed twice, and and and, and um, I find it really, really fun. Like, I would love to like advance more in the competition too because it really gets you into that mind frame but like I think it's fun even as a hobby like I only do it as a hobby but even as a hobby it kind of like it, it gives me some kind of you know if you don't got a goal you know now you have one <laughs> right yeah. yeah for that even if it's a small goal it still keeps you going a little bit you know yeah you go to train for that there's like a reason that you want to come you know and then you the, the cutting weight stuff you know if you don't have the discipline to lose weight now you got a real reason to lose weight yeah <laughs> you know well it's the it's the physical discipline it's the craftsmanship you know i always say the jujitsu it's a craft yeah it's a, it's a martial art right yeah. but it, it's literally a craft it, to me it's no different yeah. than learning how to be a play a guitar or playing yeah. because become a singer or whatever mm. like that's your that's your craft and when you do it to the competition level it's always interesting right because nobody's gonna go yeah. against you in training like the people do in competition so it's yeah. like it hits this other level oh, where you're like shit your body's tense yeah everybody's nervous you gotta piss you feel like you're gonna shit yeah. yourself like all of those sensations come over you and you're just like yeah. here we go Dude, that really <laughs> it's 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 so much adrenaline you know and it's so much like Cause he's as he's as um, nervous as you are. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know you're nervous and he's nervous, and that's that's like a, 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 a even in that setting, it might not like on the outside. If you're looking at it from the outside, it's like all right, you know, it's not like a packed stadium or anything. But like those guys that are experiencing it there, that's like <laughs> you know. What were your? Uh, I'm curious, like what were your takeaways after after a competition? Like how did you? find the experience like what were, you know what were your general thoughts after you you done them i i was actually very intimidated by jiu jitsu because the to me like the learning curve was was pretty difficult like i mean i'm still getting smashed you know but but it was i think at, it really taught me to like oh okay i can't underestimate people based on how they look cuz there's oh, a yeah. lot of these strong looking guys that are getting smashed by like 14 year old girls yeah <laughs> you know? a lot of these nerdy motherfuckers would fuck you yeah, up yeah they would <laughs> really the fuck you up yeah yeah so i was like oh shit so my perception of how like a man or like a tough guy looks 
immediately shifted. You know, it's not those like fitness model guys anymore. Oh, now yeah. it could be anybody. That's a beautiful thing, my man. Yeah, yeah. That's now, a beautiful now thing. it could be any. Now, like, if I look at an old man. And I was like, oh, I'm a f-. somebody says, I'm a fuck up this old man. I said, ah, you don't know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know if you know that. You know, that, that old guy might be a wrestler yeah, or a sambo guy, a jiu-jitsu guy. Because I've rolled with some skinny old guys and I've been fucked up. But I've, <laughs> I've been in their side control and not like, like I couldn't figure out why the pressure is so hard and I can't get, the, get it out of it. Because like, technically I can live this guy. You know, I would think that I can live this guy, but for some reason I'm stuck. Or even the women, dude, you roll yeah. with the good girls. That's eating some crow for the yeah. first time, right? If you have a standard view on sort of masculinity, bro. and then you roll up to a jujitsu gym and some little fucking fifty-year-old girls bro, let me, fucks you up. Let me tell you the, the story of the first time I ever got into a triangle, bro. The first time I got into a triangle was a fourteen-year-old girl. A fourteen-year-old <laughs> girl got me to a triangle, and this was when I was like beginning as a white belt so like you know you still got that white belt ego <laughs> you know you still got that i want to be a tough guy was it new fit yeah it was a new fit yeah. was it serafina uh, yeah of course <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i used to teach serafina when she would come yeah to yeah the so, and shit, so so she knew that right away serafina so she's this li- little girl right so so i'm over there and i'm like oh you know i'm a lot bigger than her so i'm like oh, i'm gonna be gentle man you know you gotta be a gentleman <laughs> and be gentle right so we pair out with her and then she's got me in spider guard and I'm like, I'm gonna last this. Look at this. You know what? You know, I can just pull my arm out of this, so let's just relax. And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, she shoots, Boom. she shoots for it. She shoots for it. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm here now. <laughs> and I was like, I guess I'm here now. And then she inches, inches, and then she puts my arm across. She didn't pull my head down uh. yet. She was just like, you know, she was inching, she was inching, she was getting her position. And I was like, Alright, I want to smash. Did you know what was happening at that point? Did you know what a triangle no, was? Like, no, I, okay, I knew, but I didn't know what to do. Oh, so okay. I knew that it was going to triangle, but I didn't believe that she could get me in there because I was like, there's no way, like physically, I thought that I could get choked out by a 14-year-old. There's no way. I didn't think there was any way. So I was like, you know what, if I maintain this, or if I put my arm here and try to like stop her legs from moving or something like that, you know, try to like give me some airspace, I think I'll be good. Right? So then she... She starts like very slowly moving to her side, you know, she starts moving to her side, she starts holding her shin and then she starts moving my arm across and I'm, and I don't know if this was a compromising position or not, but I was like, hmm, I don't know if this, and then the airway starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and I was like, I think I'm fucked. I was like, all right. So at that moment, at that moment, I was like, all right, if you're going to exert any form of male strength, now's the time. (laughs) Now's the time. So I, but it was too late at that point. She got it locked in, right? And then she put my head down. She, she pulled my head down. I was like, oh shit, I'm about to tap to a 14 year old girl. <laughs> That's fucking and awesome. I, and dude. I did. And I, well, the moment I tapped right after that class, dude, it just, it fucked with me a little bit. It, 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 it more of like, I was like, wow. I started, I don't Plants know. It's the seed. It was, Plants yeah, the seed it was there, really right? confusing. It was like, oh shit. Like, oh, okay, this is something different. And then I told myself, like, hey, man, you know, if somebody as small as her can do something like that, you know, if I get to what she knows, you know, I could probably do a, little, a lot more, you know. Yeah. So, so that was really the motivation. Yeah, but damn, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what that is, brother? That's yeah. enlightenment. Yeah. You, you, you got jujitsu, martial arts, enlightenment, man. Yeah, that was so beautiful. I, I, I wasn't mad or anything. Yeah. I wasn't mad. I was because... I mean, there's no reason to get mad. Like, it was what it was. reality. You got caught. You can cry if you want, but it still happened. <laughs> you can get mad, but the fact of the matter is you got caught. Yeah. So now, now, now it's time to think forward. So I was sat down. I was like, oh, okay. 
Um, yeah, so, so that was really amazing to me that someone of her size could put someone of my size, which is possibly twice her size, mm. in a dangerous position, you know? So I was like, wow, what is this? You know, and, and she's been training for a very long time, I think. Mm. So I was like, wow, okay, so, you know, I, I want to I wanna know what this is. You know, <laughs> this, this is dope. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. But, but it, it still takes so long to and then. And there's so much to learn that you're, 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 you're dumb for a really long time, yeah. <laughs> you know? And a lot of the times, like, I don't really know what the fuck's going on, you know, when you're rolling, like, oh, okay. Bro, I'm still like that sometimes. <laughs> like, in the, I get in some of these new positions, I'm, I can't fucking barambola. That white belt who barambola, you can barambola better than me. There's just, there's too much to know, man. And you have to choose, like, what, what, what moves are you interested in? What style do you want to go down? Like, gi, no gi, do you want to do both? Do you want to do MMA? It's like, every path that you choose foregoes another path right so yeah do you compete in mma too yeah you do yeah. you do last time i fought was in 2017 here in singapore at sfc oh okay okay mm. so then do you stop competing already or do you still compete at your level well ever since we ever since i started head coaching and then we right. opened up this gym i haven't competed because right. i'm just uh focused on building the business and right all that kind of stuff right i right. competed when i was working at trifecta because we had a nice big team of of instructors that could train me and uh -huh. everything. Here I'm the head coach and it would be tough to yeah. find the training partners. But honestly, dude, like m my inclination is much more geared toward training and teaching than fighting. Mm. I don't love fighting. It's not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> I did it just to see what's up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just to kind of test the waters, see what my skills are. Yeah. But it was purely like intellectual like let me see what's up here let me yeah. see if my shit works yeah and then uh but i've been i've competed in jiu-jitsu and wrestling and mma and yeah. kickboxing and everything but uh, I, mean, I like the training yeah. and as you know when you're in the competition mode everything yeah. changes yeah and like for me if i have a competition coming up even if it's jiu-jitsu like now the training fucking sucks you're tired all the time it's fucking miserable yeah. you're getting smashed coaches are screaming at you yeah. you gotta lose weight and it's just yeah. like the whole magic that i feel when i come on the mats when yeah. i'm training normally is like gone oh. it's like now it's like dude this is a grind it's already a grind anyway yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but now it's like fucking it's not fun anymore right I understand. so I understand. when i come in here and i'm training like i'm loose i'm having fun right, i'm relaxing right, right. like this, this is my escapism and then mm. when I'm doing that like even though this is my job it feels kind of like it's not fair that it's my job you see that's Cause weird because I do that to escape you know a lot of people yeah, do I do the losing weight and I do the training I don't mm. know how that I do that to escape from my job <laughs> <laughs> Well, a lot of people, you know, the, the counter side is, yeah. I know some people who won't fucking train unless they have a fight or unless they have a competition. Yeah. Because for them, the reason they train is to fight. Whereas oh. for me, it's the exact opposite. Like, I want to be in here on the mats, experimenting, fucking around, train, yeah. doing training. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. So for me, like, the fight is just like, whatever, I'll try it. But right. some people, like, I can't get them to come into the gym if they have a fight book. It's like, motherfucker, you need to train in the in-between. Like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're so focused on the competition aspect of it rather than the, the training for training. There are guys like that, though. Yeah, yeah of, I've seen, I've seen mm -hmm. guys like that. Yeah, and I, I, it, I, it's so easy to get into that mentality sometimes, you know, because... Um, I think they see an objective, you know, and, and when the objective is taken away, they're like, oh, then why, why am I doing this? Yeah, but, they're directionless. Sort yeah, of. yeah, but, but you know, I, I guess, I think enjoying it is, I guess, the, the, mm. best, the best way. I mean, like, I still enjoy it, you know. Even, and that's different for everybody, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, some people don't want to compete, some people want to compete yeah. every fucking day, and then... When I first started, like, uh, training, like, a year ago, uh, training consistently a year ago, I was like, oh, I don't know when I'm going to get my blue, man. I wish I'm, I'm going to get my blue. I, I, I want to get my blue so much. But now that I'm competing, I'm like, nah, I'll take my time, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a long game, dude. I was like, I'll take my time. It's, it's fine, man. That blue can wait. <laughs> yep. It's a fucking grind, dude. I mean, I went, it, white to black took me about 15 years. Damn. Yeah. I started in, I started jiu-jitsu in 2005. 
And I'd had a wrestling background already before that. Wow. So I'm, a, I'm a fucking slow learner, bro. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. It's a grind. I mean, I spent, I spent six or seven years as a purple, but mm. I was in college then, so I was mm. in and out a little mm. bit. And then I spent like five or six years at Brown. Was there so, a I mean, popular jiu-jitsu scene back then when you were, I mean. Oh, no, dude. No, right? My coach was a blue belt. There wasn't a black belt. In, I'm from West Virginia. Yeah. So there wasn't a black belt or brown belt in, in the whole state. Damn. I mean, in 2005, I mean, dude, you're dealing with like UFC 50 something. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. there were no black, there's no Brazilians in fucking West Virginia. Yeah. And so nobody even has a way to get through the lineage. Yeah. And they right? don't even get like, they, they, they can't even access a lot of information. Not like now where you have all these DVDs. Yeah. You there know, wasn't YouTube online. tutorials back then. Holy shit. There's so many of those DVDs. Like, dude, my, my instructor was a white, uh, was a blue belt. He got his purple like a year or two later mm. and like seeing him roll with people as a blue belt. You're like, this is a fucking wizard. Like, the idea, the concept of a black belt was so far beyond even my reasoning, because I'm watching this blue belt wreck everybody. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, God damn, like, couldn't even imagine what a black belt would do to somebody, right? It's not even in my point of reference. And, like, I was a decent wrestler, like, yeah. athletic, young, strong, yeah. and then these people would still fuck me up. And I'm just like, yeah. this is ridiculous. So then I was, like, just, I'm, I'm like, yeah, 16 yeah, years yeah. old salivating at the idea of someday getting my black post. Like, yeah, yeah. like a superpower, bro. I gotta have this. Like, I gotta have this. <laughs> and then 15 years later, you're like, ah, it's, you know, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, it's also, like, now there's a market for this. Like, now you can own a gym, a jiu-jitsu gym. Yeah. MMA's popular. There's yeah. an avenue toward doing this as a career. Like, my concept of, like, like, I was thinking, like, could I do this as a career? Could I make a job out of this? Mm. But back then, my concept of, like, being a martial arts coach is that yeah. fucking nerdy guy in a gi at 40 years old teaching, like, kids classes. Yeah. Like, and I'm just like, that's what I thought it was. It's like, now jiu-jitsu is fucking cool, right? MMA is cool. Like, it actually, it's yeah. such a technical thing. But back then, I was just, like, imagining myself being like, yeah, with a bunch of kids running around, which I still do right. a little bit of, but, <laughs> but I'm teaching them something that's fucking cooler, oh, you know? My, you know, you know that meme was like, oh, you didn't just cheat on me. You made, you, you made him wear my gi and do karate noises. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, um, what's the Danny McBride uh, thing where he's the karate instructor or whatever? Mm. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what he's talking about. Ah, mm. shit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it was like the the parody of what a martial arts instructor was oh, like in right. the 90s or the early 2000s. Oh, did you see that McDojo shit on, 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 um, on Instagram? Oh, yeah, oh, man. I fucking love that shit, <laughs> too. I love all that shit. All the fake martial arts, bro. I watch that shit all day. <laughs> That's fucking the chi. <laughs> it has to push you. And then, you know, it'll fuck up your chi. And then you'll, you'll move. And these guys just fall, and I'm like, wow, dude. They still believe it to this day. Yeah? They st I got into an, an argument, not an argument, yeah. but just like a, a disagreement with, uh, when I was a teacher working at the Korean school, yeah, yeah. had this guy over one time, and he was trying to tell me about all these like 50-year-old masters that live in the fucking hills of China yeah. could beat up all of these like MMA fighters. Uh -huh. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, they put 50 fucking years in, and they have like their zen, and they're, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You think that like... These old dudes can just have mastered martial arts <laughs> to the point where they're going to, like, like athleticism still plays a role. Yeah. And you think, what, this kung fu is going to beat, like, yeah. that's not going to stop a choke. No, it's He's not. like, yeah, but he's going to do, and I'm like, dude, he's going to hit a pressure point. Like, I hear this one all the time. Like, the death <laughs> yeah, touch like, and shit. I do pressure points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, pressure points. Is like, I'm a black belt in pressure points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But even, like, the death touch cheese shit's like, oh, he'll hit you in this way. And I'm just like, dude, this is like. I love it, man. <laughs> still, people still believe. This is like a younger guy, too. 
Really? Still, still believe this wow. shit. Well, you got to give him a trial class then, you know? Like, give, give him, you know? He, would, he wouldn't come in. I no, there's those guys that say they master the death arts. I love those dudes, man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm a master mostly the death arts. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they're, they're, they're like chip eating, like fucking with the big belly out. I'm a death art fighter. Like, right. You know what they say? Yeah, because they'll be like, no, no, no. My shit only works to the death. I can't, it's like MMA, can't, sparring doesn't work. It don't, only if I can kill you will it work. Okay. It's like, oh, that's fucking convenient. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Only works to the death, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I've never. I've. I maybe when I was a kid, there were a couple of people that came up to me with those things, but I never. Um, the moment I started watching UFC, uh, the UFC one with Ken Shamrock, was mm-hmm. that, that then then my uncle was like, because I was into WWE and I actually thought. Me too. Then I really young. thought that WWE was fighting. Me too. <laughs> and then I mean now as I grow up, I'm still a fan, but I'm a fan of the theatrics and I'm a fan of the storyboard and storywriting because all the fans in in pro wrestling know what it is now, you know. So, but yeah. in the '90s when we were growing up, yeah, we we thought that people, shit was people were still like, you go get mad if people were like, it's fake. You're like, fuck you, it's fake. <laughs> yeah. So so when when I watched the UFC, I think the Ken Shamrock was the one with. Oh yeah, he fought Hoist, right? And UFC yeah, one, UFC yeah. one, right? So that's the one. Wearing the fucking wrestling yeah. speedos and shit. So that's the one. And my uncle looked at me and said, "See that? That's real fighting, you know? Because that 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 fat guy that got kicked and then his tooth yeah. came out. So so that soccer kicked. Soccer kicked, right? Yeah. And that was the one moment where my uncle told me, he said, see, that's real fighting. You get kicked in the face, you sit down and nothing. So what year did you watch that? Was that like right around when it came out or was it years later? I don't know. I was in, what year did that come out? Because I remember Jeez, watching it when I was in primary school. That would have been like, I think the first UFC was like 93, 94. Oh, no, then like I must have watched a, DV, a VCD that was no. like dated uh, a lot later than that. But but I watched the the, the one when, where they, they, they brought it uh, back, like UFC. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I saw that, the soccer kick, and I was like, like, damn, then my uncle was like, yeah, that's real fighting. Yeah, so then <laughs> from that day onwards, it's like, all right. Yeah. You know, yeah, this is, yeah. this is. So when did is. you really get into it and like start watching it? And uh, I mean, do you, do you catch them now, I, the, I, the fights, I, or are you mostly a practitioner? I I go to the gyms a lot. I, I, I practice it, but I, 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 it's very hard for me to follow sometimes uh, what, what's happening, I think. Um, I know the recent card was really good, you know, mm. with Cody Garban and those guys. Yeah, yeah I know they, they had a lot of finishes that fight, but I, I for some reason, I think it's because I'm not subscribed to ESPN or anything. Oh, Fox, yeah. Fox, sorry. Uh, so, and and uh, I can't, you know, I, I can't wake up and just watch, I gotta buy a pay per view and stuff like that. So, I'm, or maybe stream it illegally, mm. which I don't wanna do. Yeah. <laughs> so, you just catch like the big ones yeah, and Yeah, yeah, I try and catch like the big ones. But, I really want to, con- um, I, I should really continue watching because one of the reasons why I, I wanted to get into this was well, for a lot of you guys, maybe the career option was to teach. But for me, it was like the career option is might be able to commentate or call a fight at some point in my life. You know, like yeah. I want to be able to call a fight at some point in my life to know yeah. enough to call a fight. You know, like right now, if you put me there, I, I don't fucking know what's happening. No, I mean, I know the strike the basic striking stuff but once once they're on the ground and i'm like mm, okay you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that'd be a great thing to do yeah man. yeah yeah that's, yeah, that's yeah. a good avenue to do because you yeah. do a lot of you do a lot of uh not commentating but what's the word i'm like presenting and yeah uh, yeah yeah and and it's fun so and when i see like the commentators like joe rogan and these guys doing ufc like he because because he's such an experienced uh, practitioner like he knows you know what this guy's supposed to do so it gives you that value add you know when you watch a fight so i hope like the the the, the fighting industry will like last long enough for me to be able to reach that point you know but you don't know man 
<laughs> I don't. I don't think it's going anywhere, bro. I think it's around. This, it's around the state. It's carnal, right? People like yeah. to fight, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's universal. It's universal. And like MMA is still. This is quite interesting, right? Because even like I was talking about growing up as a young kid, like these yeah. markets just weren't there. Yeah. Now the UFC selling for fucking four billion dollars. Like once putting on shows everywhere. Yeah. Like I feel like it's yeah. it's definitely around to stay. Yeah. How amazing is it that the human species, which is a fucking violent species just in its own nature, yeah. has got to the point where only in the year twenty. Mm. Well, 2000, 2000 did people yeah. really learn like what kind of fighting is best? <laughs> like what kind of unarmed fighting is best? We were so uh, we, we were so comforted by the. We myth. put a man on the moon before we knew what a triangle <laughs> choke was. Like how is that possible? Yeah, because the myth <laughs> of the 50 year old sensei, you know, is yeah. more appealing than actually learning how to fucking you know uh, retain guard. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> Like seriously, like we had a fucking God microchip before we had a heel hook. God retention, <laughs> God retention is boring, man. I want to know that I have powers. Exactly, and I can kill you <laughs> and just fucking shoot people, and then their students go flying and everything. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. You're right, man. That's it's very carnal to be. The, the human species really wants to see who's like at the top of the food chain in terms of like physicality, right? Like, like I think that's why people like to watch fighting. And I've realized that if you know someone can kick your ass, they get treated a lot differently than somebody who can. Yeah. I'm curious what your what your catalyst was. Like, what what was it that made you be like? For, I mean, you had your experience with Serafina, which is yeah. like that kind of stuck it, and then yeah. you really start to realize it. But what was it that kind of got you in the door? And was it like weight loss? Was it like no. you want to be stronger? The skill of it? What no. was it for you? I was really okay. If I could be completely honest, it was I I saw it as like a, a self investment for me to be able to have something to show for when I'm in my 40s. You know, like if I started now when I'm in my 40s and hopefully if I'm consistent, I'm in a more advanced version of where I am now, then at least there's, there's a seed that I planted that has grown knowledge-wise, you know, once the years have passed, right? And, and I want to be able to do that so that when the young guys come in, I'm like, oh, right, I'm, I'm, I can still be the more experienced guy to show you around. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be a 40-year-old saying back in my day I could kick someone's ass. As if your life is over when <laughs> yeah, you're 40. Yeah, I, and I like hate that shit. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy, yeah. right? So, so I thought, uh, I, and I wanted to also keep active, but that, that it was more of like trying to invest some, like I, I looked at it and I was like, okay, so if I invest in this, maybe once I reach 40 or 42, or 40, I'll have a, you know, a considerable amount of knowledge that I can share with with the with with the younger, more inexperienced guys, and at the same time, maybe enough knowledge that you know, if the comedy thing doesn't work out, you don't know where it leads, right? You know, it's just not just the comedy thing doesn't work out. I think it's more of like the options. There's more options that I can go to at that point of time, and and you know, and also to be honest, right? I love the fact that I can just go to another country and then go go to like a gym. And yeah. then ro- all right. First of all, I'm gonna say this real quick. Like jujitsu guys, not the friendliest guys when you first meet them. Okay, they're not. They're not. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't want to talk to you before they roll with you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, they yeah, gotta yeah. roll with you first and then say hi. <laughs> you know, like this changes as you go up the belts. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, if I roll up in a foreign gym, like they're like, bro, let's go. Oh, they wanna, right, right, They want right, to take right. you out. They want. But right. white, uh, the new white belt comes in, and everybody's just like, who's this motherfucker? <laughs> you know, it's like it, it does change a little bit the more. <laughs> okay, the okay. Come up. That's good to know then. That's good to know because everywhere I go, like when I went. Hong Kong, most of the gyms, okay, but uh, shout out to Espada Gym, actually, they were really nice, you know, they were really nice, but 
those guys don't really talk to you when you f- they first see you. You know, yeah. you come in with your gi and your white belt. They're like, all right, man. All right, fuck this dude up. <laughs> all right, all right, here we go. Is he going to yeah. spaz on one of our girls again? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, but then after they roll with you and they're like, oh, you're all right. You know, yeah. It's once you share that, once you yeah. share that little battle, then yeah. they want to take you out. Yeah. They want to be friends. You're like, oh, I'm traveling yeah. from here. And they're like, oh, let's go, bro. And then they become really friendly. Totally. Yeah, then they become like super friendly. So, so. You just got to get that roll out of the yeah. way. <laughs> you got to get that shit out of the way. <laughs> you got to get that shit. I got to know you're a good dude. Yeah. Exactly. Before, so so when I was in Hong Kong, I, I did a comedy tour, and when I was in Hong Kong, like that was the best time that I had in terms of jujitsu uh, training because there's so many gyms and it's all so near, you know, near my hotel, and the show was really nearby. The show was at this club, I think it's called the Fringe Club or something in Hong Kong. So the the the, the, the club was like maybe five minutes walk away, and then the gym was five minutes walk away, and then the hotel was a five minutes walk away. So it was like a triangle of dude that's all i did i woke up in the morning had a little bit of breakfast went training train 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 came back home shower did a show get next day repeat i was living in heaven bro nice that's it that's the dream for you hey i was in heaven bro yeah and then i'm i yeah yeah and a, a lot of hong kong guys were really nice and and and, and that was and that was when I realized that like, oh shit man I could I could do this for a long time because this is really really enjoyable yeah still got my ass whooped though oh yeah that, 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 that doesn't ever change bro I've been doing this for 15 years I still get my fucking ass whooped yeah, like, yeah, yeah. man yeah. I mean, absolutely oh, I mean that, you know there's always a bigger fucking fish out there man yeah there's always somebody you know you get people that roll up in here that come in like a lot of my best friends and coaches in Singapore are like major overall is one of my boys I mean he's All a good right. he's a good black belt yeah. he's my hair yeah, comes in here he's a black belt dude, right yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean yeah. me and him have been training partners for six seven years so we went through purple belt brown belt together we're both black belts both owner of the gym my hair comes in here he's one of leke's black belts like you know those guys roll up i ain't gonna not stop rolling with them when you guys do like black belt black belt open rolls and and, and stuff like that like how do you guys like what what, what's the environment like like you know totally depends on who you're rolling with. (laughs) that also doesn't change that doesn't change if if the brazilians roll up you're fighting for your life you know They they pull harder, you know what I'm saying? They get after it. And it just depends on kind of who you are. Like, I tend to see that, like, uh, and this is general, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, the Brazilians come and they're going to roll hard. There's no easy rolls with them, rarely. Unless you're, like, tight with them, you know them, you can kind of play. Like, foreign, uh, you know, here at least, expat people, like, if I roll with Major, I roll with my hair, I roll with some of these other guys. Like, I know my hair. (laughs) Yeah, my hair is awesome. He's a a black belt. He comes in here and trains sometimes. Okay. Um, When I roll with them, it's much more like, We'll let each other do stuff. We're not like, we're not giving stuff up, but we're we're willing to experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, you roll with the black belts. They're not letting you get a position on them. Of course. Where where it's like, but if I roll with some other guys, like my hair comes in here, we're practicing leg locks on each other. Like if both of us, if that's not our forte, the inclination would be to stay out of it. Right. But we want to see what's up. So we're willing to play maybe the C or D game yeah. just to kind of grow and experiment. Yeah. Like, you don't want to experiment with the Brazilians because they're going to fuck you up. How, how, <laughs> how come is it when, when, like, when you go up in the belts and you guys compete, you, the, the entry to your positions, to get the positions, it's a lot um, slower. Well, I wouldn't say slower as in, as in um, less energy, but it's kind of like, you know, you, the way you get your grips and everything. It's not as, as aggressive as like if I were to do it or if a blue belt would do it or even a purple yeah. belt would do it. Like when you see the browns and, and the blacks compete, you know, the first minute when they're feeling each other out, they're really feeling each other out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like why 
what 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 goes through your your heads at that point of time when you're really just holding stuff like that you know I, I would say that it's probably because if they've been training that long, you know, it's like when you told me your story about competing, you're, you're nervous, you're tense, everything's yeah, like that. Yeah. Once you get to the, po- the, the point where you're competing at brown and black, most of those people have competed a lot. Yeah. So it's much easier for those experienced competitors to treat competitions like rolling sessions. Wow. Because it's like, dude, when you, if you've competed all the way to brown and black like you've lost in competition like lot, you're not yeah, you're not yeah, going to be the person that's like that freaks out when they lose right. or anything like it's just part of the deal right. so like you go in there you slap pants you fist bump you can be way more chill you can be way more relaxed because you've just been down that road right. so many times <laughs> that like you're not going to fucking go in there and be tense and for you can yeah. be kind of loose and you're not as worried about the consequences because it's like you've lost enough to know. Like, yeah. th- there's no one ever undefeated in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> People get undefeated in MMA and boxing. Wait, has you Gordon can... Ryan been defeated? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he yeah. lost to Vinny Magalhaes competition. He lost to uh, another guy. But, but I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the gym, he's still getting tapped all oh, the time. Yeah, of course, of course. Right. But even in competition, he's mm. he's still lost. Mm. And so it's just. It happens, and when those people lose, they don't freak out. They don't lose their shit. It doesn't ruin their careers. It's just part of the, <laughs> it is just part of the game. Yeah. So they can be relaxed in there. But when yeah. you get the the white belts, the blue belts, the purple yeah. belts, even they get in there and they're stressed the fuck out. They're tense. They don't want to lose. They think it's so embarrassing. They, like I, they, yeah. I get my white belts. And I still blue think belts that still, sometimes though. They think it's like the end of the world yeah. and everybody's gonna laugh at them. Yeah. And then like it's like, dude, no one cares. No, <laughs> like, uh, no so we, with, with no disrespect. Yeah, with no disrespect. We don't know but, that because we think that we gotta prove something yeah. to the professor. You know. Like, yeah. like, I got to prove to the professor that, oh, you spent all this time teaching me and, <laughs> you know, and I didn't, like, throw that all out the window. But I'm not knowing that the professor knows that it takes a long time for you to actually <laughs> yes. master these things. So they don't get mad when you fuck up, really. You get no. mad more than... They just move on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so much more personal to you, right? With no disrespect yeah. to the relationship between you and your instructor. Yeah. But it's like... And also, I say this to my students sometimes when they get nervous about competing. Yeah. I have to remember that 50% of all the people in competition lose the first round yeah half of the people lose instantly (laughs) (laughs) like that's just an objective fucking fact right maybe a draw of two you get a little 49 percent whatever but half of every person there loses their first match dude it was so weird because like right uh, i think was my first call or the call after that i made a mistake somehow i made a mistake or i missed something i forgot um i still won but uh, the, the, the first match I won and then I went to my professor and I, I think I was upset with myself because I could have gotten something but I didn't or maybe I didn't see it or whatever I forgot what it was but I went I, I went to my professor and I went oh I'm so sorry and he looked at me and he's like what the fuck are you talking about this is <laughs> this is what we're here for <laughs> he's like what the fuck are you talking about you're here yeah. <laughs> you know it's okay that's the, that's the battle it's just getting there <laughs> yeah this is this is why I like dude I don't care who you are competing if you turn up and you go through that stress, that's that's a that's a hero's journey, yeah. man. That's Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, right? Yeah, yeah. You go through the training, you do the training camp, you lose the weight, you're stressed the fuck out, you yeah, feel yeah. like you're gonna shit yourself on the mat yeah, when you go yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to lose. Your instructor's watching you. Yeah. Everybody is yeah. fucking. You think when you get through that and you're done with it, yeah. the relief and just like right, yeah. even if you lose, yeah. the relief of being done yeah. is like you. Oh, went I love through, that shit. Yeah, yeah, you went through the journey yeah. and you did something extremely difficult. It's right after you're done and then you're watching your teammate competing for like the finals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because really your, your, your journey's over and you're like, oh, he's stressed out anymore. Like, like, ah, man, hey, good luck, bro. <laughs> I'm he's, here for you. <laughs> he's where I was like 20 minutes ago. So. 
Yeah, that was that's that's one of the more, more fun things. Yeah, but I reckon like in in the the weight category that I fight in, which is seventy six. That's that's a tough. One. That's always a lot that's of motherfuckers, man. Yeah, that's yeah. a tough division. Yeah, that's tough because it's never just you. You know, it's always yeah. four other guys, man. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum. And I was contemplating on going up to eighty. And then they were like, dude, the guys in 80 are a lot bigger, dude. Because they're fucking cutting down from wherever. <laughs> like, you know, everybody's got this weird. <laughs> yeah. It's a lose lose, dude. <laughs> I, know. I was like, I guess I'm here then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So I'm curious, man. Like, uh, yeah. I, I always find it interesting that you, that, that people like you, you discovered or started yeah. training later on in your life yeah. as a means to get some kind of physical discipline yeah. and you're playing this sort of long game. And uh, I think. When I watch someone like you like do your stand-up and everything, I'm curious how taking on a, a really arduous, physically demanding thing like jiu-jitsu yeah. influences how you think and your comedy and all that kind of stuff. Because I think it's so easy for people just to kind of sit back and let momentum take them where they are. Yeah. But to take up something, that's why I respect everybody that walks in here. Like, yeah. If you're a dad, if you're a fucking accountant, yeah. if you're... I don't care what menial job you have. If you roll up into a jujitsu gym after working eight hours a day, taking care of your kids, taking care of your wife to get strangled in your free time. Like those are people who are looking for something. So I'm wondering how that like uh, influences how you think about like, or how you process things. If, if, if you found that it's influenced your stand up or like the way that you live your life. I think the, 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 the what how it influenced me is and and I, and I forgot a little bit of this during CB you know I forgot a little bit of this because I, I didn't have time on the mat and, and, and that makes me forget um, because I'm such I'm, I'm, I'm in such an advanced position in the Singapore comedy scene right I'm one of the main guys now yeah. um, when I'm on the mat I'm not one of the main guys you know when I'm on the mat I'm like a, a regular just, just a white belt that's learning and I gotta put all that um, ego of like I'm an experienced person, you know. I've been in this for a very long time, and I'm, a, you know, I'm somebody that can impart something to you. I gotta put all that ego aside and now be the kid that learns, you know. Like so, that is really like a a, a role shift, you know, in terms of like where I am in comedy scene and where I am in jujitsu. So it it really keeps me in touch with who who, with with how to put the ego aside and just be like. You know, now you kind of have to listen to people who, who are more experienced than you. Because when it comes to stand-up in Singapore, it's not that there's not more people experienced than me. But in Singapore, like, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the guys that actually put people on. I'm one of the guys that actually can impart the experiences that I've had. And I've had, generally, because of the years that I've put in, a lot more experience. Like, I've been doing this for 10 years. Like, I've been doing stand-up for 10 years. You know, so when a young kid comes and he's only been doing it for two, there's a lot that I can give. But I'm when when be so used to being that guy when you come down to the mat and you're the guy that has nothing to give. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like a different. That's a new and refreshing feeling. But at the same time, it reminds that the ego that came with that now has to go. Right. So during CB when I couldn't roll, I was so I was I was I was stuck there and I couldn't come back. So so it makes you forget. But that's 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 really how it has um sort of influenced me in terms of like all right. So so I get it. Oh, okay, so so if I could equate maybe in comedy, I'm kind of like a purple, huh? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Purple brown, yeah, yeah, black. I'm kind of like a purple, you know. Yeah, yeah so, so I'm teaching the whites over there. So you you kind of make those parallels, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then also 
um, the, the, the amazing thing that I found out is like when you're in a position, like if you're deep into side control, and 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 you know if if it's your first few times that you're deep in the side control, I used to never be able to escape side control. Like, I had no idea how to do that shit. Like once you put me in side control, I'm fucked. <laughs> you know, I mean generally side control for 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 someone on my level, it's 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 a fucked up position to be in. Anyway, we don't really, you know, tough to get out, <laughs> tough to get out right? Like you're not supposed to get in there uh, in the first place. But I didn't know. But um, when I started to like. When when I really asked around and and they 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 showed a little bit of the options of what to do like moving your hips and you know bridging out and shit like that, and and I saw how you can escape a position uh, when you're in such a compromised position for very long. It's not really the end of the world because there's always some way to escape if you actually took your time and if you actually you know did that. I feel like just the introduction to that idea was was good for me to like oh okay if I can keep pr- practicing this maybe I can reflect this in my life. I mean I'm not there at all, but just the very thought of like somebody showing me that is like oh okay this is this is great so that's why i love it so much it's like oh okay this i found it you know i was like all right i want to do this then you know because it it really makes you feel um like you know i get like 14 year olds and 20 year olds that have no experience in life you know but they can whoop my ass so like i don't know where the position in terms of who's the alpha in this room you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. well they have experience it's just in a, in a narrow area right? yeah, yeah, yeah i mean like if you get tapped out by like yellow belt serafina she's got more experience than you but it's in one narrow yeah, little path true, that that's you're true. trying to follow yeah, down, that's, right? true, that's true that's true i gotta say though man it, it's I, I find your self-awareness very refreshing thank you man because it, it takes somebody who's extremely self-aware to know that like, hey, my ego, can, if I just only do the things I'm good at all the time yeah. and I don't try to be, take that beginner mindset to other avenues, yeah. it's a trap. It's a trap that you could get stuck in and then all of a sudden, like maybe you say when you thought earlier, oh, do I want to be 40 and then not, and just not have this other thing? Like you're investing in yourself yeah. later on that you're going to put your ego in check and yeah. go do this really difficult thing and that's what people who are highly successful you, do it takes a lot to quell that yeah you know what my friend told me when i went when i posted a picture of uh i think i, I was trying to do a i was trying to pass god and i just uh, should have uh we're gone can you just check make sure that everything's <laughs> it's okay it's okay bro yeah i think uh, uh I, I was um you know i just showed a picture of me rolling and then I, I put a caption on there i put a caption on there i said like um that I don't know how I can enjoy some enjoy something so much and feel so clueless at the same time. You know, yeah. I I, I can't I, I can't I can't imagine like oh how how am I enjoying this but I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. How are you enjoying getting like fucked up and strangled <laughs> yeah, and like I don't like, even know what to do. But I do, don't but know <laughs> what to do. And a friend actually said, "Yo, that's that's peak learning. You know." That's yeah. like peak learning when you're just doing something and you don't know what to do, but you're moving forward and you're, 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 you're re- that, that cluelessness, that beginner mindset like you mentioned earlier, mm. that beginner mindset is, is something very, in, very uh, important for people, to, especially in, the later, um, in, in your 30s, like for me, mm. to be able to still put in your life. Because when you're in your 30s, I feel like it's, it's a whole new door, which, man, I, I, I'm, I'm now excited to know what my 40s will look like. <laughs> Yeah. You know, because you can see the potential of the work that you're putting in now and how yeah, it may yeah. bear fruits yeah, in ten years, yeah, yeah. right? Like it, it, even with your podcast too, yeah, your training, yeah, your stand up. Yeah. Like you're like, wow, man, ten years down, I might be fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah, you know I'm what I'm really saying? Excited! I'm going like, 
oh dude if at 30 plus and I've spent that much years and you get here I wonder what for like or, or I have these perspectives at 30 that I could never have imagined that I would have I mean I'm 33 now I would never 23 year old like dumbass right like totally yeah. different person bro so if if I think about that I'm like oh what will I be like at 43 like what how will my life change and how will my perspectives change like I was this sure of my 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 uh, ideas or my views uh, when I was 23 I was just this sure but it, you know turns out it changed <laughs> yeah but you but you lack so much sort of wisdom even then yeah. right like I think of myself at 23 and I was just a fucking ape dude <laughs> like my intentions were still similar to what they are but you just don't understand like yeah. the concept of time and then putting in yeah. all like for you right to yeah. to tell your 20 something year old self like I'm gonna start this thing up like jujitsu or yeah. whatever that's gonna take me 10 to 15 years to get where I want to go where I'm gonna go in when I'm tired and get fucking choked so that way I can get good at this skill that nobody gives a fuck about but but it's because you want it yeah. right and at that point of time nobody gave a fuck about that at 23 yeah, nobody gave a fuck about jujitsu yeah, and they're not thinking about like ten years. I'm. It's it's it takes a, a level of self discipline to first of all get your in get yourself into the gym every day to get to that point, but then to be like know that you're doing this for like your future self. Plus the level of health that you'll have. Just I mean on its own, the fact that you're going to be in better shape, you're going to be stronger, you're going to be healthier. Like I mean that's a huge side piece alone and then the confidence that you get from you know knowing that you're kind of like uh, like strong and you're confident in your whatever your masculinity your physical strength all of that kind of shit right do you feel like the nogi um, aspect of jiu-jitsu is going to be more popular in years come compared to the gi or do you feel like like there's still chance for the gi to still maintain um, the same level of popularity as no gi. Like, I don't know which is more popular, but I see a lot more. Do you do uh, no gi or do you I just try? Do gi? You know, but I, I have no idea what to do in no gi because you lose the sleeves I, and the I collar. Lose and you're like, I don't what the fuck know do I what grab? the fuck to do, bro. Like, <laughs> the, I mean, they start standing and I'm like, okay, my takedowns is shit. So, so you're pulling guard, aren't you, you motherfucker? <laughs> you pussy, you're pulling guard. I know. <laughs> okay, like, I gotta, I guess I gotta pull guard. Um, yeah, but. That's the that's 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 the thing. Like when when I see like John Danaher's team, like the Gordon Rice and Nicky Rods and stuff like that, they they're kind of like, I mean, they, those guys are like the Avengers now. Right? I mean, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> those, well, they're, that, yeah. they're the, notoriously amazing at what they do. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, those guys are like the No Gi Avengers right now. So so, but like I don't know anybody of that equivalent in the Gi portion of Jiu Jitsu. I do think that it's uh. I think both will definitely be popular. I think they'll, right. they'll, they'll trend up. But to me, it's like uh, it depends on who your coach is uh, because the Brazilians put a much heavier emphasis on the gi, on gi training. Even the no-gi, uh, like high-level Brazilians do mostly gi work. And then like when they're training in the no-gi season, then they'll switch or whatever. Right. Whereas like the, the Americans, which is like the Danaher guys, right? Yeah. Even me, Major, like the, uh, the, the non-Brazilians that run academies and stuff put – at least a 50-50 emphasis on it. especially the MMA guys too because right. we understand that like the the grips not having that changes your 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 drilling it changes your position so if your gym has more of an MMA focus you're going to for sure see more no gi more wrestling because those grips change everything right very hard to hit single legs and double legs when people can grab your collar when they can grab your sleeve you know something like uh, the Brazilians also especially in the gi put a lot more emphasis on guard pulling Whereas like your your Western your Americans are gonna do a lot more wrestling takedowns, not as much guard pulling. So it just depends on who your coach is, what where they emphasize their values. For me, I put all of my emphasis on MMA, okay. meaning that I still do the all the gi classes and everything, but I don't teach 
gi techniques that wouldn't work in MMA. That's why I don't do barambolos. It doesn't mean that like if someone wants to learn a barambolo, like I don't I don't ban any techniques. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. My white belts can heal with each yeah, other. So if they, but I'm not the guy to go to if you want to be a barambolo right, player. Right. We would need to hire another coach who's really into that shit, and I'm down for that. Yeah. I'm just not the guy because you barambolo in a fight, you're getting fucked up. Yeah. I want my jujitsu to be universal. Right, right, right. So again, you're gonna lack emphasis in certain areas because like. Having said that, my students, if they go against a really good barrel bowler in a competition, that's a deficiency my students are going to have, and they're out there, yeah. right? And I don't teach it. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that one is better or worse. It just simply means that my focus goes toward techniques that work in gi, no gi. So, like, even my grips, most of my grips in the gi are, like, overhooks, oh, really? stuff like that. Like, yeah, because that's – I don't do a lot of spider guard. I don't do a lot of lasso guard. Of course, I trained with the Brazilians for years, so I still know that shit. Like, it's a, like Italo and Bruno, yeah, yeah, Popeye, yeah, yeah. they were my coaches also. Oh, really? Right? really? Yeah, oh. we, we were colleagues oh, for years. Shit. Popeye lived with me. Oh, shit, for real? Yeah, those <laughs> yeah. are my coaches now, like Bruno yeah, and Popeye. I know. <laughs> That's why I hit you up, bro. <laughs> and I was like, and some of the students there, like Nathaniel yeah, and yeah, Benjamin yeah. and uh, all those Darryl, guys, they, also, Darryl, they would all train yeah. with me too. Serafina. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, the, yeah. you know, they would all. So I was the brown belt then, mm. and then they were all the, the black belt coaches, and they were my coaches mm. as well. And then when Trifecta uh, went down and the Brazilians split, yeah. that's when I moved to KL. All right, right, right. So then I came back and then opened up Stronghold. Right. But so, I, like, I know that shit. I was still taught that shit. But it's just now that I'm a coach and I'm in control of the curriculum, mm-hmm. I put a different emphasis on it. So I don't want as much spider guard because you don't get that shit in MMA. You don't get that, that those grips. What, in, what's it like when you fight MMA? Like, okay, when, when, when I guess when you're grappling, right, you kind of um, could not – you, you won't foresee your face getting hit or you won't foresee getting elbowed or stuff like that. But when you're doing MMA, now you got to be aware of everything. You know, like, even if you're trying to do a takedown, you could get elbowed in the ear or something. So, like, like what what kind of... Like, that must really... Your your senses might be, must be really heightened at that point in time when you're really fighting MMA. I can only imagine that shit, man. Yeah. Well, gra- like, jiu-jitsu, when it comes to an MMA fight, yeah. goes back to, like, white belt, blue belt level jiu-jitsu. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because what works in MMA for jiu-jitsu is like closed guard, half guard, that that basic shit, like underhooks, stand-ups, hip escapes. Like, dude, there's not no one, there's not many, unless you get like a really high experience level, like, you you know, you'll see the occasional MNRE and stuff like that, but they're from like world-class guys, right? Like, all of the the 50-50 stuff, the MNREs, the Barambolos, the deep half guards, the, all of these sort of esoteric, sport jujitsu specific shit disappears when you're getting punched in the face. It It doesn't mean some people can't make it work if they're extremely knowledgeable in that area. Like Ryan Hall, he'll hook BJ Penn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? But he's a master in those positions. Ryan Hall's that wizard. Yes, and BJ Penn's a IBJJF world champion, a black belt. Right? So it doesn't mean that it doesn't work, but the level of experience has to be so great, Mm, right, mm. that you can sort of overcome that stuff. But for the general thing, most of that stuff's going to be gone. Yeah. Like, you can't, you know, people like the deep half and shit, yeah. 50-50. Like, you can get punched from a lot yeah. of those positions. You slip out without the grips. Yeah. Like, I see people going for takedowns and then, bam, like the elbows hit the fucking side of the face. Oh, my God. Why don't I teach guard pulling? Because good luck being on the bottom with somebody in the in your half guard or close guard where you can get elbowed in the yeah, face. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you're, if somebody's in your close guard, you can still get fucking punched in the face. You know, that's, that's still... 
Wow, yeah, yeah. So that doesn't apply. So sometimes when I think about it, like, like, when, but if you're a master at the close yeah, guard, yeah. a master, like really fucking high level, going against somebody who's like maybe even a purple or a brown or even like a, a kind of low level black belt, yeah. you might still be able to catch. Like, Cron Gracie in the close guard can probably fuck up a lot of people in the UFC oh. still because he's so high level there. But for the general right, person, right, 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 you would not want to play that game, <laughs> right? But if you're an extreme master yeah. in like those esoteric positions then you can make them work oh dude that was a funny skit i watched online about uh this guy that was trying to pick fights you know and then when people started wanting to like fight him he goes into brimbolo (laughs) 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 and the motherfuckers just they just look at him all confused and shit (laughs) you see the the simpsons gif where they did the where marge did the cage fight and he was like, uh, the guy was like, oh, I know jujitsu. And then he lays on his back and he's like, crawl in between my legs and meet your doom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, right? I was thinking about that. Uh, like, or like, get on top of me and meet your doom. Or that's some shit like that. funny. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simpson's still running, huh? Still running, yeah. bro. I think it's the longest running television Maybe in history now. Yeah. Now that now that cops just got canceled. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> was on for like thirty five well, yeah, years or something. Like like where, where, where which state are you originally from in the US? I'm from West Virginia. West Virginia. So is there is there are, are there demonstrations that's, there? That's Trump country, bro. All oh, right. So no. That's, no. that's Trump I mean you no know, demonstration a, there. You know, I mean there's like three black people in the whole fucking state. Right, so. right, right, right. <laughs> right, right <laughs> there there right. might be some there might be some smaller uh things, but yeah. you know, West Virginia is really rural. Yeah. Like the, these things tend to happen. These issues are mostly focused in cities. Yeah, Portland, yeah. New York, LA. How big the US is actually. These, yeah, and yeah. most of it is those small town. Yeah, 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 yeah. Places and, those, and shit. Yeah, I mean there was. Oh man, I I, I love actually um, looking at these small towns in the US. Sometimes on TV when they when they show them going to these small towns is because. Did you travel through when you were like doing your tours and stuff, or no, you been mainly the cities? Hit, I, I've only been to uh, LA and New York. So I haven't been to like you know Virginia or I don't know this that Bible Belt know, country man. It's, it's so it's a uniquely American kind of no, but thing. But it's most of it. I, I look at it and I'm like, okay, that's the reason why not a lot of them travel because they can't even finish traveling their own country. You know, it's so big, man. It's so huge, and especially when you come from a place like Singapore where everything's within reach for a half an hour, and you think of a concept of like. M- Terengganu or fucking you know Pulau Pinang still being your country yeah. you know that's like a, people in Pulau Pinang they're way different than the people here driving, driving here to Thailand is just like going to one state over or yeah. some shit like in so the US. I would imagine in the US all the people in the state, they all have their different cultures and that's like you know they all have their own I mean yeah they're probably from the states but, but I mean they're all uniquely American but at the same time it's a different language a different you know a different style of speaking you know that must be very intriguing like I would equate I usually draw a parallel to like when somebody's like for example from the south and they speak with that with that draw and they speak yeah 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 and and I hear where they speak and I would think like oh this is like if I were to meet someone from Kelantan I guess I guess that would be the difference you know like we're still speaking Malay but I don't know what the fuck he's saying <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly exactly or it's like but you know most of the issues I mean you can even be familiar with it like you know if you go to Malaysia and you're in KL or you go to most of Malaysia yeah. which is not the big yeah, cities yeah, yeah, yeah. you're dealing with an entirely different set oh, of problems no. an entirely different fucking yeah, d- different group of like, people bro different absolutely yeah, yeah. but there's in the same country yeah yeah different world bro it's a different world so when you travel you get to see that you get to draw parallels to your country which is very interesting so that's why like when people paint the idea of like the US or any country to be as such the only things they see on TV and 
them and they don't they don't have the privilege to travel you know or they don't have the opportunity to travel it's 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 almost like it's an unfair judgment on the country because like you have to understand if if people looked at like for example from people when people look at Malaysia and you know, they only judge Malaysia by the ill-informed and the ones that are loud and the ones that are, I guess, bigoted or what, they, they, they only judge it based on those people because those people are the ones that they show on TV. Then you're not giving it a fair chance. You know, you're not giving the country a fair chance because, like, what the, what the quote-unquote rednecks look like there is like, the, the, that's our version of the rednecks. You know, like, everybody, every, every country, you know, and every culture has their version of the bigoted and they have their version of the ill-informed, you know. They all have their rednecks. They all have their, it's, that's their own version, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their own version. So when you get to draw that parallel, you're like, oh, all right, I get it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and, and yeah. I think most of the issues, like, I mean, I, I, I fall right in the middle. I have some liberal views. I have some, like, conservative oh, yeah. views yeah, yeah. and all you, that kind of shit. You become that as you grow older. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the other issue, too, is, like, Everybody exists, at least in the U.S., in an echo chamber, right? Like, those people in the cities aren't going to the small towns to talk to those people and be like, why, why do you like Trump? Why do you ha hold these conservative views, right? And the reverse is true, too. Those fucking rednecks aren't yeah. going to, like, Harlem in the U.S. to talk about or fucking Baltimore to talk to the black people who've been abused by cops. Like, no one's doing that shit. They're kind of staying in their own little bubble. And then they're passing judgment on the other side without actually talking to the other side. And then, you know, it's all inflamed. Like you said, the loudest person, it all inflamed by the media, which is, I think, the real problem. If there's one thing that Trump's right about, it's fake news, and it goes on both sides. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you can have 99 fucking protests. The one that gets out of hand is the only one that's going to be 24-7 on CNN or Fox News. And so, like, it totally shows that things aren't being accurately depicted. It's more like... This is what's interesting. This is what people are going to consume. This is what's going to flare them up and make them mad and make them watch more and rage and fucking tweet and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, and you realize that like on both ends, it's it's kind of the same. You know, like in it, when when you're a far right, like I'm I'm just saying in in um in my culture, uh, this part of the world, if you're a far right like conservative religious person, like super religious person, there's certain things that you can't do within the restrictions of what 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 you're supposed to adhere to. And if you actually moved over to the far left, it's the same fucking thing. You can't say some words. <laughs> you can't assume some things. You can't. It's yeah. the same fucking thing. It's just two different ideas, but it's the same practice. So if you meet in the middle, it's kind of. I mean, life is the middle, right? Like it's yin and yang, right? And most people exist within that realm, right? <laughs> center left, center right, centrist. Like, but the extremes are the ones that make all the fucking they noise and get all the TV and shit on them. <laughs> Hey, can I ask you a question, man? Because uh, I would love to get into like your special a little bit, or yeah, yeah. or because it's it's along these lines. Yeah. You know, you do a lot of kind of racial humor, yeah. and and I always like to get the Singaporeans. I'm not gonna sit here and fucking talk about what race shit here because I don't know anything about it, and my country has its own yeah. fucking problems to yeah. deal with and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But I'm curious because like you do some racial humor, and I I think it's great. I think you hit a really good balance. I think it's controversial for Singapore standards, but still within the realm of. Do you feel like, for example, if Singapore started to shift one way or the other, like that what you say would be taboo? Do you feel like Singapore? I mean, I'll give you an example. On this podcast, I mean, I really don't edit anything. Yeah. Like, we just say what we say. I put it out. I mean, I'm not fucking famous enough to maybe rub the wrong people a certain way, but I just kind of release it unfiltered. And I feel like there's a part of Singapore that craves that. Of course. So when you say shit and you're, yeah. you're special about, like, pot yeah, yeah, and yeah, alcohol yeah, yeah, yeah. and different races and kind of making fun of it, that's quite controversial for Singapore, but you're still pushing the boundaries in kind of a safe zone. So I'm wondering, like, 
do you think it's going to go more into a direction of free speech? Because you're, you're, if you test the boundaries a little bit, you can push a little bit further, a little bit further. Or do you feel like you're going to get like a counter push um, based on the current climate? I think a counter push is inevitable. You know, a counter push is inevitable. It will happen. But um, when I'm also not naive enough to, 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 to think that we will get complete freedom of speech in Singapore. What I am really trying to do is trying my best to mirror um, what the current climate of like the, the, the average Singaporean perspective is. Okay, at least the ones that are within my circle. Um, I believe that um, a lot of the, 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 the shows or the, 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 the media that we consume over the years in Singapore is very filtered and is very clean cut and is very uh, PG and family friendly, which is great. I guess, you know, uh, to a certain extent, if you don't want to pollute, you know, if, if, if you're in fear of polluting, you know, um, the, the clean image that we have. But at the same time, I think in order for us to move forward, we need to understand that there is this other side of Singapore that we need to address. We can't just sweep everything under the rug. And it's a very Singaporean thing to do too. If you have an issue, you just sweep it under the rug. Oh, we don't talk about this. Or oh, we don't address this. Or oh, is this something that we are troubling? Or oh, ban it. Or, oh, you know, we should ban it. You know, we should clamp it down. We should ban it. We should clamp it down. Instead of trying to understand it to... to I don't know if the objective of the people in charge are to further you know, educate the people in terms of like uh, social issues or something. I don't know if that's that. I don't know if that's their priority in Singapore because it's all about being productive. It's all about the economy. You know, it's all about where do we stand. You know, in terms of like in the eyes of the world. You know, it's about being being efficient. You know, but but not a lot of these issues that have to do with like social awareness. You know, or maybe 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 even racism. All these all these topics that people don't want to touch generally get swept under the rug with with a lot of the mass mainstream media so i i come in there to give people a little bit of an alternative to give a real voice and i've always i've never liked being on <laughs> that kind of like hey guys like i was just at a shoot um i think a couple of days ago and they were like okay fine so the scene is you know somebody's telling your joke and you're mad that they took your joke so you gotta be mad and I acted mad. And they were like, oh, no, we want you to get madder. And I was like, that's as mad as I would get. Yeah. <laughs> like unrealistically <laughs> mad? Yeah, I said, yeah. I wouldn't get madder than that <laughs> if somebody took my joke. And, and they were like, yeah, but it's for TV. So they said, it's for TV. You need to amp it up. So that's where the perspective of like, oh, okay, everything on TV isn't as real as it looks. It's amplified, right? So I don't... I, I, I want the option of the reality aspect of things to, to, to be available for people to consume other than they, other than um, this, this whole uh, fabricated image of you know of, of what Singapore is uh, being fed today. I think it's good that we have that reality option and, and, I, I, and I hope it will still continue a new podcast like these yeah, I was just yeah, say, yeah yeah and all that is new media yeah. is, is I think going to lead the charge here because you can sit here and talk for an hour and a half unfiltered we, we can swear we can get drunk we can try to have honest conversations to the best of our ability and I think dude I think you fit in a really um, interesting niche and you, you could play a really interesting part in Singapore over the next however many years because you in the same time that you can do uh, you can make dick jokes and racist <laughs> jokes and drug jokes yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff can work for fucking new channel news was it channel 4 in Singapore uh, channel 
Uh, yeah, Channel 5. You, and I, I've seen some of your things that you do uh, on there. Like my wife's parents will watch your show and you're trying to have interesting things. So you can make dick jokes and racist jokes. and but They're jokes. But then you can also go down this other line and people can see where you can sit here and do a podcast and talk about fighting, but then we can discuss some, and all of that is the okay. The options and we should can, be there. You know what I'm saying? The options should be there. But like, I wouldn't go as far as to like criticize um, the mass media for what they choose to put out. I'm just saying, if you want to put out, fine. If anybody's going to consume that, great. But we can't clamp down on the other thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? Cause bo and both things can exist simultaneously. They can. Yeah, right? they can. It's, it's a weird perspective that, that, that uh, I think uh, Singaporeans have sometimes. It's like, oh, this other thing doesn't uh, go in line with this thing, so we got to ban this thing. Yeah. You know? Instead of like, why can't these things just exist together? <laughs> I know. It's that tribal shit, dude. Everybody's like that. Like, if you're in the U.S., I don't understand why you can't be like, hey, clearly these, these videos that everybody's seeing are fucked up and we should reform police. Yeah. Also, bad. looting is bad. <laughs> Rioting is bad. Like, pick every issue. Immigration. Immigration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can't let the fucking borders just overrun. Yeah. It's got to be draw the line somewhere, yeah. right? Fucking abortion. Okay, well, yeah. if you think about it, it's kind of fucked up. But also, like, maybe women should have the right to choose. Like, you should be able to have conflicted views without fucking digging your heels in so much that you're just going to not listen to the other you person. You should be able to coexist. They're and they're yeah. your countrymen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, it's like, uh, did you see the video of the statue getting pulled down and then that guy got shot or that, that late? I've, I've seen a, a lot of videos of statues being pulled down. There's a lot of statues that are being pulled down right now yeah. <laughs> but, but I don't know about but the one that got shot someone pulled one down and then you know the counter protesters pulled out a gun and then shot somebody and now the whole thing is ridiculous to me right it's like okay first of all if you think that those statues shouldn't be pulled down I hear you if you think they should be pulled down I hear you but there's 150 people there that shit's coming down like in that moment you're not stopping it because there's enough people there that like and you would decide to shoot your fellow American <laughs> your countrymen over a statue? Yeah. I mean, like you would rather harm. That's your, those are your people. Yeah. Even if they're on the opposite side of the yeah. spectrum, they're your they don't people. see it that way, though. I know. Yeah, I know. Because yeah, yeah. it's like their ideology comes more yeah. important than their fellow yeah. human. There, there's no such thing as like, oh, we're all humans. It's like, oh, no, you're not as human as I am because, you know, yeah. my. Because you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> exactly. My team is right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blue's better than yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yellow. Yeah, 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 or blue, yeah, yeah. you know, blue's better than oh, red. Dude, it's just. Yeah, sometimes, man, when you get on Twitter, man, I, I was just having a conversation with my girlfriend about this yesterday. She's like, she, I think, I think I got a little bit too far with the Twitter stuff, you know, when and I get a bit too stressed with all these. There's so many of these social issues, and I'm over here trying to debate everybody about it. And then she says, "We know." She's like, "I think you're zooming in on this really, really hard. <laughs> like you, <laughs> you need to zoom out, you know, and 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 try to live in the moment, man." And I was like, "Oh, right, okay." Oh. It's tough not to <laughs> want to say something though yeah, when you yeah. see this crazy yeah. shit going yeah, on. Yeah. It's like it's just a it's a global for most people. It's just a global outcry for common sense and being able to speak with somebody. Like you can have conflicting ideologies with another person and not want to shoot them in the yeah, face. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, that's totally possible. Why wouldn't that be right? Yeah, yeah. You should be able to. I mean, <laughs> we've built global civilization up to this point, and then in this weird way, we're like regressing. We're going backward. It's oh, like, dude, uh, I, I mean, it will reach a boiling point at some point. You know, it will reach a boiling point where we'll have to. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is maybe this is the tail end of evolution. <laughs> maybe we just kill each other. <laughs> Exactly. Know, right? This is yeah. This is dude. Twenty twenty at the rate it's going. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, all that's left is just the guys that, that the guys that do <laughs> push yeah, the yeah. mute button, dude. Yeah, it's just yeah, everybody just gets wiped out, and it's like, and I'll and I'll be fucking pissed because I've only been a white belt my whole life. I'll be I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> it's like, bro, at least let me die with my blue I mean, yeah, belt. I know, at on, least man. let me die a blue man. Fucking, I'll die a white belt, two stripe. That shit is bogus. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. There's there's so many jujitsu people out there. So many like four stripe white belts uh, that are just. It's like, oh, my progression. <laughs> Three months of no training. When I come back, my coach is going to think I suck. He's probably going to take a stripe off, you know? <laughs> Just itching to get their, their belts, and then this yeah, whole thing yeah, comes yeah, in. Yeah. And then now we can't even train until probably phase three. I don't know when that's going to be, be, man. I hope in September or something. I hope I think there's going to be ADCC in uh, December. They're planning that shit? They were planning it. It's hard to see how it's going to go now. But, yeah, they were going to do the trials here. I was talking to Maher about it when he was on the podcast. Yeah. And, but, you know, with all this stuff, you never know. Never know right. where it's going to go from here. So it's ADCC, only no gi, right? Yeah, it's only and no gi. And submission only, or is that point system? No, they do this weird kind of modified point system. Right. So it's like, uh, you know, you can, half the round is going to be no points. Okay. So it's kind of then submission only, you can pull guard okay. and shit. And then the other half of the round, they start points. And then when they start points, you're not allowed to pull right. guard. You get negative points. It's all those kind of weird rules. <laughs> but they've also got some you good can rules. Can you like knee bar ADCC? Oh, yeah. yeah. You can knee bar, you can heal. Oh, really? All that. Oh. The dark arts, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and heard you can, can put your palm arts. over somebody's face, too. <laughs> well, in the actual ADCC, you know, you can slam. Like, if you put me in a triangle, I can pick you up. That's bull- really? <laughs> yeah, dude. That's the real shit right there, dog. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Uh, but they have some good rules too. They have like uh, reversals, score you points. Yeah. It's like there's some bullshit rules I think in IBJJ. For example, let's say you have me in side control. If I bridge you all the way over yeah. and I get on top side control, yeah. I get no points for that. Hey, this is IBJJ. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you didn't pass the guard and it's not a sweep unless you use yeah. your legs. Yeah. But it's like, bro, I just went from bottom side control to top side control. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge swing. Nothing? Somebody told me that. Nothing yeah. for that? I was like, because when I reversed, I was like, oh, shit, do I get three points here? I was like, nah, man, because you didn't go yeah. from uh, a... <laughs> no guard. No form of guard. Bullshit, though. It doesn't make any sense yeah. at all. That's a huge switch. It's literal <laughs> one, it, 180. Like you, you, this is difficult to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they don't... They award points for things like that, for reversals. You know? So they have some good rules, I think, too. Yeah. If you go from your back to side control, you get points, right? Like, like if you if you went like back, if you took the back and then you get four points, and then you from the back and then you just sort of reverse it to side control, you get points for that. No, you don't. You don't get points. <laughs> no, because it's it's you, you can only oh. move up yeah, you the ladder, right? <laughs> you can't move down. They're like, what? What? Not. And then if you try to go back to the back, you also don't get points. What? Because you are already tip of the so spear. So can you do like a a, a, a a mount side control mount side control mount side? You no, can't dude. do that shit. <laughs> no, they they don't let you do that. Like, get the fuck out of here. Because it's like you take the bag, what's next? Yeah. The, the yeah. submission. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the tip. Yeah. You can't get to the tip, we restart you. <laughs> so if they put you back in the guard, then you have to pass again. You know, this is like, this is how you can kind of game the rules a little bit. Like yeah. the, the, not the Meows, the Mendez brothers were kind of notorious for like, pass the guard, get the side control, then they'll let their foot hang out just a little bit. So you can just barely get a hold of it and then they'll, they'll pull it out to get the points. <laughs> Because they're like, they're not going to let you get back to a dominant guard, but they're going to let you get a taste, a little tiny tip, something that they can still quite easily free, and then they'll play. Or like uh, Tanquinho, you know, I don't, Tanquinho, I don't, remember this, I don't know Tanquinho. Yeah. So he's another a guy who actually fights in the UFC now. But he was well known for, like, there's a 30-second rule, roughly speaking, where you have to be active, right? You have to look like you're progressing or else you'll get stalling points. So he would always, like, notoriously have the clock in his head. Yeah. 
where he would just know when he can move because he'll get you in the side control. And, and like once he gets you there, you're fucked. So he'll wait. 30 seconds come. He's got this mental clock. He'll like put the knee on the belly a little bit. You push it down. Okay, boom. 30 seconds he starts. <laughs> Right, and it's a, he's that good at like gaming the uh, gaming the system, right? Hey, man, you gotta win somewhere. Hey, and this is like the tip of the spear when it comes to competition, right? Every, you gotta manipulate those fucking yeah, rules, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You gotta manipulate the rules to play the yeah. game. I mean, damn, I was actually, yeah. I mean, at my level, like, I'm, I'm barely doing anything, so you know. That, what's, your, what's what's your game like? What do you uh, I mean, what do you I mean, like to do? What do you like to play? Uh, what's your favorite submission? Uh, I armbar. Yeah, armbar or triangle. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I feel the safest. I'm I work a lot from close guard, which I'm trying to change. Yeah. So when, when that's why I realized last competition working from close guard, the options are very limited for me. Yeah. But if um, but my game plan the last competition was to get the guy in close guard and try to score the armbar from there. You know, just climb up and score the armbar, or even get a get get a triangle from there. So so I mean. Uh, I also enjoy doing uh, uh, scissor sweeps. <laughs> you know, that's a classic. Yeah. Listen, Coast Guard never goes out of style. <laughs> yeah, 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 Coast Guard yeah. never goes out of style. Yeah, that shit's always. Yeah, legit. I really enjoy doing scissor sweeps. You know, when I get it, like it feels good. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I I don't really, I'm not really proficient in getting submissions off the mount than I am in Coast Guard. Yeah. So if I'm in, if somebody's in my Coast Guard. Um, it's easier for me to work from there than if I get a mount and I want to try, like, I don't know. For some reason, people yeah. always escape my mounts. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, it's just drilling. It's like, where have you put more time? Well, if you're drilling more from the closed yeah. guard, especially, like, you know, you've been training for, what, a year or something yeah, like that? Yeah, less a year. So, I mean, if you've been training for a year, like, a certain percentage of your time is spent in some positions yeah. rather than others, and you've yeah. probably just spent way more time drilling arm bars from the yeah. closed guard than you have, like, retaining the mount, yeah. for example. And, and when, when I watch, when I, when, when I look at myself, when I look at myself, Myself uh, competing, and 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 a, f- a friend of mine, uh, he he was watching, and he was like, "Hey man, you gotta you gotta start opening guard, bro, because like if you just playing from here, like you know, you're not gonna improve." And I was okay, but I'm so afraid of getting my guard passed, you know. Yeah, that's the, it's always the so, eternal trade-off, so right? It's like, yeah, but if I do that, I'm fucked. I don't, have, I don't have plan B, bro. I'm so afraid of getting my guard passed, you know. I'm like, if I open up, can I get it? I don't know, right? Yeah, but you gotta. I guess that's what I gotta drill now, you know. And I'm trying to get that. Yeah, but you sometimes you you're among the white belts. You always kind of want to win, still, you know, in the gym. But I'm trying to get rid of all that in my head. It's an important step. That's a really important step is to learn that it's okay to, to, to not only to tap up, but to give up positions. Like, listen, dude, if I, if I want to keep you in my closed guard, if I can't escape a side control, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Amount, if I, but guess what? I have to be, be there in order to escape. So like, as you start to train more and more and more, you start to realize that like, same thing. Like if I'm rolling with my white belts, my blue belts, my purple belts, if like, I got to let them put me in stuff sometimes yeah. right they're never going to arm bar me just <laughs> yeah, on their of course own. Not. so i gotta stick it out yeah. there and it's like that too if a white belt is on my arm from the mount yeah. or a blue belt or whatever yeah. and i can't escape that yeah. i need to work my fucking arm yeah. bar defense yeah. so it's like even this is what i always try to get my younger students to understand even if you're losing you're winning oh. because you have to get out of the bad spots yeah, yeah. so like i have this hierarchy that i always tell my students number one thing you have to master is escaping because there's a, there's a circle that you can't avoid if you want to get good at jiu-jitsu. Number one is you have to escape. Only if you can escape bad positions can you start to get to a neutral position where you can attack. And only if you don't get pinned down and controlled can you start to get, apply your offense. Then when you can apply your offense, only can you start to work for submissions after that point. Right. It always works. There's no other way. 
You have to be able to escape. When you can escape, only when you're not being controlled can you start to attack. And then when you attack, you have to start to get your actual finishing skills down. But the circle, there's no other way. If, if you're in bottom mount, if you're always mounted, you're not submitting anybody. Side control, same. So get those down. And then you're going to start to be like, oh, I'm not being controlled as much. If I'm not being controlled, that means I can start to attack. Once I can start to attack a little bit, now we're going to work on your finishing skills. And then you're going to be able to get those taps that you're looking yeah. for. But even if you're losing, if you're, losing you're winning, bro. Yeah. If someone's on your back, yeah. well, guess what? You're back escaping. Yeah. Or you're practicing how to tap. Yeah. One of the now, other, now like, I'm just, it's now all I'm good. I'm doing gut retention stuff, man. I'm like, because I'm trying to work on my open guts. I'm just doing a lot of gut retention stuff. And they're like, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do spider gut, you know, also because I'm trying to play with that open guard but uh recently with uh you know with covid you know you're stuck with the people at home and they, they don't drill right so 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 i'll play a little game with them and be like hey man can i just put my feet up and you try to get <laughs> yeah. just, give just give me something i just need a little jiu-jitsu bro hips. i was like all right the game is you gotta touch my shoulder all right if you can touch my shoulder you win <laughs> just gotta yeah. find ways to get your jiu-jitsu yeah, where know, you can yeah, get yeah, it it's dude. just getting that hip movement you know still getting there yeah and um watching the I mean, I, I, I know that John Danaher's videos are probably the best to watch, but I just go to sleep every time I hear his voice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Each, he does eight fucking videos. Each one of them is like an hour and a half long. Like, I'm just like, I went through his whole leg lock DVD, and I seriously felt like I was like back in university really? or something. Just like, so uninteresting and dry. Yeah. I mean, he takes it to the fucking nuclear yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, it's like, you want to know how to escape an armbar? He's going to get down to the yeah, fucking nuclear yeah, level of detail. Yeah. Which is you want, but it's really it's tough really to just boring, sit there. Man. Yeah, yeah. I, I know friends that, that could sit through his entire three-hour DVD, his gut retention DVD. Like, they're sending, sending me the DVD going like, hey, man, you want to you, you wanna retain gut? Like, here, watch this. And I'm here, you have to move in a serpentine-like mode. Yeah, exactly. God damn. It's like, here, you want to watch this? And you're like, no, I'd rather watch some <laughs> fucking paint dry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying Jesus Christ. You know who's good? Who's like a good balance is uh, especially if you want to get into some leg locks yeah. or something. The Lachlan Giles. Okay. His. Uh, did you see like his Lachlan ADCC Giles, run where I, he I was? I don't know who that is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was. Uh, he's like our size. Okay. Right, like 76 okay. kilos or something, okay. and then through the last ADCC yeah. went and just fucking murdered everybody. He lost to Gordon Ryan only. Uh, in the absolute so sure. he's going against all the big people beat the 99 kilo gold medal Damn. winner like and all with heel hooks Damn. little guy our size and uh, he's an Australian guy super personable he's actually got a PhD in kinesiology I yeah. think as well how's that Kit so Dale dude is he okay Kit Dale I haven't heard from him in a while. He's another Aussie, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, Lachlan is Craig Jones's teacher. Oh, okay. Lachlan gave Craig his book. Okay, oh, okay, okay. So, but his, his DVD is really relatable. He's kind of like, talks like a guy. <laughs> but it's also still very, very technical and he knows his shit. You know what I mean? So if you're into that one, that one I would recommend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it doesn't cost like Damn, 500 Gordon, US dollars. Gordon Ryan's DVD is fucking 300 bucks, bro. I know, fucking dude. crazy, bro. I know. Danaher came out with his DVDs yeah. and then made the market like way up oh, here. Yeah. Now everybody's releasing their shit for like 100, 200 dollars. Yeah. 200, like 300 bucks. I'm like, mm, how much do I want to learn this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. To sit through like a university yeah. lecture by yourself. And then like you would need to watch all that. And then you would need to have somebody yeah, there to, yeah, drill you have to drill it. Or else it's, yeah. it is no use. Yeah. I went through that DVD when Charmaine and I, my wife, yeah. opened up stronghold okay. so we're sitting here every day for renovations okay, and then like DVDs, I'm yeah. here, and come here and then you're like I'm yeah. here okay let me drill this shit on you you know yeah. 
Yeah. And because we took like three weeks to open, that was the only way I was able to like, yeah, get man. through I that hope shit. you get to keep this place for as long as you can. Like, get, get past this into phase three, man, bro. Because like, yeah, man. yeah this, this, this place looks great to roll at. Yeah. Bro, you got to come roll with ah, me sometime. Sure, I will, man. Next yeah. Next time, we'll, we'll do another podcast together at some point down the line no or whatever. Problem, bro. Come in when we can actually roll. You know, we'll roll with each other. We'll film it. We'll fucking have a yeah, good time. Yeah. I'm not I'm not the guy that just like goes ape shit. I promise uh, you. I, I believe you. I, I, <laughs> I do believe good, you. informative, I like you. flow I rolls. I think I'm like, the guy that goes ape shit. Skill building. <laughs> I, think I'm the guy. I think you have to maintain. You have to contain me. I'm like, hey, relax. <laughs> nah, dude. I'm so used to it. It's all good, bro. I always invite every motherfucker that's on this podcast to come train, and they never want to do it because I some of them some of them train some of them don't and I feel like a lot of them are kind of like scared and shit I'm just like dude it's like nah again I deal with parents and fucking professionals and everything like I'm just yeah. trying to have good good oh, clean fun in here you know this blue belt from your gym what's his name Is I forgot his name uh, Anan yes 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 so Anan came to my gym and and this guy's so fucking hilarious dude he came and yeah, he's I, I love hilarious him, and he's like hey man I'm, he came for a open I think he was with Andres I think he came for a, just like an open uh open man and it was like hey man i'm here to assert my dominance on white belts and i'm like Fuck. <laughs> that's what he Fuck said it. yeah i know I'm, i taught you better bro what are you doing <laughs> know, he, he said it to me so it's fine uh, <laughs> yeah he's uh i gave him his blue belt he's been training with me for years yeah. man like uh i think he's probably been my student for like four or five years yeah. now so even all those guys andres yeah, yeah andres yeah, is yeah. an old old student of mine yeah. i still talk to andres he still texts me and yeah, shit yeah, like that yeah, so yeah. It's cool. We got some. We got some uh, community friends. What we should do is one time we schedule an open yeah. mat. See if you can come down here. We'll get. We'll get. Uh, yeah. Andres and see if we can get Benji to come. Oh, yeah. And Nathaniel oh, yeah. and all those, those guys. Those, those, those fucking wreckers. They're the guys that are gonna. You're gonna have to tell them to settle down <laughs> Not, a little bit. Um, actually, that <laughs> they, they roll hard. They roll like a Brazilian. They really helped me out with my competition, though. I gotta give props to Benji and Nathaniel, man. Like when when when. Uh, Put the work yeah, in, man. They train yeah. hard. When they found out that I wanted to compete in Popeye Tony. Nathaniel was like, hey man, uh, help us out. He really put his time, bro. Like he really like, you know, like after rolls, he's like, yo man, let's do circuits. But those those kids go really, really hard. Sometimes they, they forget hard. that they I'm not hard, as yeah. developing as them. Like I'm already <laughs> at a full adult stage where things start deteriorating <laughs> at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, you know, yeah. things heal fast because you're growing. You know, uh, things don't heal fast for me because it's going this way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and they're balls deep in competing, so they want to yeah, fucking like, good up. Come on, go 100%. I'm like, I am giving 100%. It's just what it looks like. <laughs> this like, can you is not what tell? 100% looks like on my end. Do you understand? <laughs> That's fucking hilarious, dude. Uh, yeah, I got to roll with those guys. I haven't trained with them in ages. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. But, uh, dude, the jiu-jitsu community and the scene yeah. in Singapore is the shit. It is. It's so it good. Is. It's so... That's why I wanted to start this podcast, yeah, man, yeah, because, yeah. like... You, it, do you guys, do you guys uh, get a lot of feedback from the jiu-jitsu community listening to this? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, it's so small. I mean, one of the best things about this is, like, people in Singapore are generally pretty cool to hang out. Yeah. Like, I've had Major on. He's the coach at Highlight Reel. He's a good friend. I've had people from Impact. I've had people from Juggernaut on the yeah. podcast. I've had people... I have a couple more people coming on. Um, Bruno Amarim, he's going to come on. He's, yeah. the, he's the head coach at uh, BJJ uh, uh, Gracie Baja. Okay, okay. So, like... You know, people are cool yeah. just coming in and, and yeah. chatting. Like, uh, and fighters and shit. Tiffany Teo's oh, coming oh, on. Oh, yeah, you of know course her. I know Tiffany. Rahul, Faisal okay, One, okay. he's, he's going to come okay. on and do this. So these are people from all kinds of different gyms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, everybody's Man, just down Tiffany, to sit here Tiffany and talk shop. Tiffany was in Juggernaut. Uh, when, when, when I first started want to get into Muay Thai, right, I, 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 I went up the second floor of, like, that Boat Key yeah, yeah. Juggernaut yeah, yeah. gym, right? I you remember know, that, that place. Juggernaut gym. I go up, and then I, I'm hearing 
these loud bangs on the back that's like the first time I'm fucking hearing these sounds because I'm trying to start to learn how to fight you know how to, 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 to do Muay Thai because I've never done Muay Thai before and I see uh, this little small I mean at that point in time she was small this is this small size girl just she's fucking hammering jack, on the fucking bags and that was Tiffany dude that she was hammering the bag I don't, I don't even think she remembers that I was there but like she was hammering on the bag and that was her back then <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, now she's the number one contender yeah, in one. Yeah, I mean she, she's straight up the number one ranked Singaporean yeah, fighter. She definitely in the world. deserves a title yeah, shot yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. She that girl she beat was a fucking beast, yeah. man. Her record was insane. Yeah. And then uh, she's actually coming on the podcast this Sunday. Oh, that's Tiffany, great. I Tiffany will be on the podcast. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. But the but my favorite thing about this is like the community here is tight. There's no like gym stigma where it's like, oh, I'm not gonna go be on Luke's podcast. He's a stronghold, and we're oh, over I've here. Never heard like people of that. just down to yeah. old school martial arts places were like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause they, you know, it's like my style is best, or my gym is in some kind of rivalry with yours, and like this kind of shit still exists, and you know. Maybe owners of other gyms don't want people to come on like stronghold pocket in my gym. Like I could kind of get it, and I dealt with a little bit of that with certain people. But for the most part, everybody's down. And the good part about this, at least from my perspective, is that the community here is tight. Yeah. Everybody kind of knows. So even if I get one guy on from another gym or from this gym, like people will kind of check it out and they want to see what's up. And I'm sure this podcast will be. I mean, really, really I, I, I just hope to be in this for as long as I can. I mean, I, I really, I, I really appreciate the, the the learning experience that comes with it, man. And 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 you know, and it's a beautiful thing. And to be able to be a part of something or be a part of a community. So what's your goal, man? You want to get your black belt? You're gonna stick through this? I mean, I'll, you're really v- fucking hope, vibing on hope, jujitsu and stuff. I mean, the, the the goal is well, the goal is to live to 40 plus. It, to, to be able to see it <laughs> yeah exactly you know at the rate we're living right now all these GMO foods man you don't know man <laughs> yeah exactly and Donald Trump controlling uh, the fucking nuclear no codes the, 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 the goal is to make it there <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly if we get there then we start yeah, talking if we get there then hopefully you know I'll, I'll do so I just want to do this um, yeah continue. I, I like going down to the gym and it, 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 it kind of like takes you away from from, 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 from your phone <laughs> It takes you away from your phone It's like an hour Two hours away from your phone Dude that's luxury time bro And your drama Your yeah. bullshit like, like your argument with your wife your, your girlfriend whatever. Your stress yeah. that, That's not whatever in your brain When you're getting fucking strangled things, dude whatever, yeah. done, It's all just You know Just you and your boys And the training And all or, or with, with everybody right They're just, just training and, and rolling And that takes your mind away From a lot of things And, and I enjoy that It's it actually helped me a lot. Uh, it's it, uh, therapeutically. Yeah, yeah. It's that flow state, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Once you hit that flow state, all of your yeah. shit's gone. Especially when you hit the flow state. Well, the flow state always requires some kind of physical thing, yeah. right? Like it's it's required to for the for the process yeah. to work. And it's like the fact that you're going through this physically rigoring thing, yeah. and you can check all that shit yeah. out, hit that flow state. The time melts yeah. by. Meanwhile, your fucking neck's all yeah, rashed yeah. up, and yeah. you're yeah. fucking black eye, but you're yeah. laughing with your friends about yeah. it. Like. Yeah. Man, yeah, it's, it's like good stuff. I can never imagine how Nathaniel can go to the gym at like fucking eight a.m. in the morning and leave at like nine p.m. You know, like he spends like he's a workhorse, bro. Thirteen hours in the gym, like, but just me being there two hours, like by myself and vibing, you know, with with the guys and rolling, and then maybe spending some time just just doing some circuits or anything. It just, it just it, I I kind of get it. I kind of get it. You know, yeah, I kind of get why some. It's 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 really an escape, and I enjoy that. Yeah, enjoy that escape. So yeah, man, I'll, I'll be here for a very long time, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, not have any. 
torn, uh, permanently torn ligaments, you know? <laughs> Just make sure you're, you're relaxed. That's the number one thing. When you're rolling, relax. As soon as tension goes on the body, falling body weight, boom, that's when the injuries happen. Yeah, yeah. So if you're, if you're loose and you, you're not always trying to win every single, uh, you know, if like your, your body's, you know, even like me, when I told you I injured my knee doing the knee slice, I knew there was a lot of tension that I could feel, but I was like, I'm on a fucking, if I had just like not done that, yeah. I would have been fine. Right. If like you're, if, if you're, someone's mounted and you're fucking bucking and you're just going ape shit. Yeah. Someone's trying to take you and you're sprawling so hard and they got your leg and if you're just like, okay, I'm going to concede this one and then try to get back up. It's like all those moments where you're like ready to fight to the death for it. That's probably when you're going to. Yeah, because you got to save that for competition. Right? <laughs> yes. And you got to save your body. You will learn this as yeah, you yeah, start yeah, to train yeah. more and more. You just can't keep going like that. If you want to train for longevity, yeah. you need to pick and choose your moments when to explode. Yeah. Pick and choose sometimes who you roll with. If you know that that person injures people or they're spazzy or whatever, like, you know, roll with them in certain times. But other times be like, nah, dude, I'm not going to do it. Like, yeah. it, this is just how you got to sustain yourself to get to where you're 40 and 50 and still rolling. Damn, and, and also the jiu-jitsu guys, they look good at that 40. And I, I, I always want to be the good looking 40 year old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, like, yeah. Right, I don't want right to be the raggedy old 40, 40 old uncle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Ew. You and me are both Ew. bald, dude. So we got to, we got to yeah, work man. other ways. No, you know no, what I'm no, saying? I, I can't. We can't be bald yeah, and fat yeah, and yeah, out of shape. It's just harder because we're bald and now we got to work on the rest of us. I know exactly. It's not the good stuff's not coming from here, man. Fuck. <laughs> All right, dude. Man. Let's wrap this uh, thing man, up, thank man. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I had a good time. I'm so glad we managed to had fucking work this had out. A good time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, <laughs> I hope things get better, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. Shout out your podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. bro. Uh, if you guys want to listen to the More Better podcast, uh, it's it's out now. Uh, it's um, it's on Spotify. Uh, yeah, it's just me uh, either talking about um, a lot of interesting topics or talking to interesting people. So it's, uh, it's a podcast that I put together, you know, Oh, well, I put together this podcast before CB, but um, when CB happened is when we really, really took off because I put in a lot of energy on it. So yeah, You're doing them every day, dude. Almost every day now. I mean, I got burned out at some point. But yeah, yeah, listen to it. Uh, and uh, yeah, other than that, man, you know, just hope you guys stay safe and keep on training and, 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 and shout out to everybody who is, you know. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. And I'd love to be on your podcast someday. Oh, yeah. If you ever need a guest, oh, yeah. if you ever need a guest, bro, you yeah, hit me yeah, up anytime. Yeah, I'm yeah, down. Yeah. Okay, we can come on and talk about MMA. I mean, basically, same anything, thing that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about anything, dude. MMA, politics, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm down for literally yeah, any yeah, conversation. Yeah. There's there's no uh, direction that I'm trying to force any conversation. Love to go it, love it. All right, everybody. Fuck a fuzz. Thank Whoa. you, my man. Whoa. I appreciate you. This is the Stronghold Podcast, and we are out. Whoa.